With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Oh, it's good to be back, boys. It's good to be back in the movie review business. <laughs> the draft hits and comes and goes, and that means Mackie and Judd and Declan start to fire up our cinematic adventures once again here. If you're new, this is... Well, this is Action Movie Rewind. We also have the Action Movie Rewind's close cousins, Rom-Com Rewind and Sports Movie Rewind, all as part of the Mackie and Judd Movie Rewind franchise. Uh, in this case, with Action Movie Rewind, we do deep dives into some of the most prominent action movies of all time. And today's journey brings us to Fast Five, the fifth installment, and maybe the most prominent installment of the Fast and the Furious franchise from 2011. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into well, it's going to be in statements form. We kind of altered the format a year ago, so we'll do statements on this movie. We'll set it up, but since this is the return, this franchise has been on uh, not the not the fast franchise, the movie review franchise has been on hiatus since the beginning of last football season. So we have for sure twelve weeks of movie reviews ready for you. We're going to alternate between action movies, rom coms, because we got to get Judd's thoughts on romantic comedies and some sports movies. Good ones. We've done somewhere between, like, I want to say 70 and 100 movie reviews over the last three years. And they're all just kind of, like, scattered throughout the Friday shows on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. So I am working. I started this yesterday. I'm working on setting up a new podcast feed with every movie review that we've ever done, going back to, like, the pandemic in 2020. So if you, if you, wow. if you missed us doing Rocky Four a few years ago, 
boom, it'll be available in a podcast feed for you. So just so the audience knows, and it's not ready right now, but Rocky Five, not so much. Eh, I'd probably skip that one. Although that would be a, Rocky Five would be a great one for the purposes of this show because we look for movies that are right flawed that if they have, yeah they're flawed or they're or they're like there's themes that you can kind of poke fun at or have fun conversations sure. off of and that one has a bunch of them. But here's the before we get to the Fast Five review here. Here's the list of movies that we have from now until basically Vikings training camp, and then we might keep it going, but it's it's definitely a summer thing for us. So Fast Five, Crazy Stupid Love, great movie, Jerry Maguire. We have not done Jerry Maguire as a sports or a rom-com movie. It's kind of both. Bullet Train came out last summer with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. The American President from 1995 with mm-hmm. Michael Douglas, mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox. Tin Cup. The 1990 version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, my God. So jacked. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Amazing. Such a good Mighty Ducks 2. We've done Mighty Ducks already. Mm-hmm. Skyscraper with The Rock, What Women Want, and Slapshot is the list of the next 12 weeks for us. Love it. All right. Any complaints? Any thoughts? Any? No. I don't think so. Uh, as, no I, as, as I said to you guys in, the, in an email, which I guess I'll bring to the show, you know, last year we did Top Gun Maverick. That, that warranted an in-theater experience. Um, I, I haven't like really scanned the summer blockbusters and rom-com or AMRs that are coming out. So there, there could be a moment where maybe we pivot to one of those if it's necessary. Yeah. But outside we'll of that, I think that's a, that's a solid list of what, what to do. I don't know that there's any, you know, that Top Gun was such a huge, huge thing culturally. I, I don't know that, that we have any summer blockbusters that even approach that like genre of like, Oh my God, this is going to be great because it ties the eighties together with the fast 10 is coming out next week. We'd have to. Yeah. Well, we could, we could we just skip ahead to that or do we, maybe we come back. I did read a story that fast 10, actually the film, the only previous film from the fast series that you have to have seen to enjoy fast 10 is the film that we're going to talk about today. Oh, okay. Fast Five. It, mm. it must tie it together, although there are reasons why, and this will come to light, why um, Fast Six, to me, is intriguing now. Okay. Yep. So, Clip yeah. There. And you can keep sending us subject, some uh, suggestions. I know a lot of people started listening to this show on Purple Daily well after we started doing uh, movie reviews in 2020. So some of you who are new, we will get those up so you can binge them on a feed. But let's go through it here. Here is the description of Fast Five. Ever since ex-cop Brian O'Connor and Mia Toretto broke her brother Dom out of custody, they've traveled border to border to evade authorities. In Rio de Janeiro, they must do one final job before they can gain their freedom for good. Assembling their elite team of car racers, Brian and Dom know they must confront the corrupt businessman who wants them dead in Rio de Janeiro before the, before the federal agent played by the rock Dwayne Johnson on their tail finds them 78% on rotten tomatoes. The critics consensus summary says sleek, loud and over the top fast five proudly embraces its brainless action thrills and injects new life into the franchise. Mm -hmm. This movie had a $125 million budget. And they blew it away at the box office. $626 million at the box office. Yep. Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, The Rock, 
Jordana Brewster, Ludacris, Gal Gadot, Tyrese Gibson, just a loaded ton of people coming back for this. Mm -hmm. Some production notes before we get to our statements and opinions on this movie and our official villain rankings and et cetera. So Universal Pictures intended to transform this series from street racing action into a series of heist films with car chases. So they were trying to go from like this niche sort of, you know, Fast and the Furious to more of like the Ocean's Eleven kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Or like the Italian Job from yeah. 1969, the French Connection from 1971, with Fast Five as the transitional movie into that mainstream world. And so in April 2011, Universal Chairman Adam Fogelson said, quote, the question putting Fast Five and, facts and Fast Six together for us was, can we take it out of being a pure car culture movie? and into being a true action franchise in the spirit of those great heist films made a couple decades ago. Fogelson said, the racing aspect put a ceiling on the number of people willing to see films in the series, and by turning it into a series where car driving ability is just one aspect of the film, he hoped to increase the series audience. And they were right. Yeah. This was the, this was the blast off for this franchise. The Hobbs role, played by The Rock Dwayne Johnson, was originally written for. Did you guys see this yes. note? Yes, I did. No, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. So what? Playing this, playing the same guy he played in The Fugitive. Yeah, and like pretty much every other Tommy uh, Jones movie. Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. The onset tension between Vin Diesel and Dwayne the Rock Johnson has been very well documented. Those guys hate each other. They don't seem to get on all that much uh, and constantly accuse each other of being late to set. But it all started with Fast Five and their contracts. As both alpha males' contracts say that neither of them can lose a fight in a movie. It goes so far as it's reported that there are producers on set counting the punches that they throw. It's the reason why they were never properly brought together to fight in the movie. They had like a little fight scene, but it wasn't like a, you know, there wasn't a winner really. It's very quick too, so you can't really tell. Yep. Like they fly through stuff like a glass, like a glass, right? But yeah. you're, but yes, it's very, it's it, it's shot to make it very clear that you can't tell what's truly transpiring. Uh, I'm picking so up on that. Let's uh, we'll go around the room a few times here. Uh, Jeb, we'll start with you. What's your first statement about Fast Five? Um, all that stuff is really because it, it it's clear that it turned into sort of a buddy comedy slash cartoonish thing, and it's enjoyable, but it's just it. The transitionary phase is clear. But my statement is this. I have never seen a film with such a huge heist about to take place where there is such a lack of urgency to actually get to said heist. And there's more beer drinking and celebrating in a warehouse. Like the way that they drag the the film on and there's enough action. It's justified. But like instead of like this being a well-tooled plan, like everything's about the plan, right? There are countless scenes where they're just sort of hanging out, partying in Rio, having fun. Well, how about the scene at the end? Buddy so they, comedy. The whole thing's over, and they wind up pulling the double switch with the vault, right? And yeah, I have a lot yeah. of questions about the physics of the vault chase. Oh, dude, if Even if get, it, especially if it's an empty vault, how does that thing not hit like a dude, like a you, seal in the concrete and go flying over a, the bridge? I got a list here of, of the implausible. If we started to go down that that path, yeah, this is on one that. of the worst films we've ever reviewed but it's not worth it but i'm just saying as far as the like the total lack of urgency to get to the actual heist 
and the amount of just time with like subplots and right. talking and drinking that's my biggest takeaway but then at the at the end of the movie so they they wind up in back in the warehouse right they're drinking they're hanging out who we just got done with this chase there's a hundred million dollars in cash right I think that was the number there's a hundred million dollars in cash in this giant vault yes. that they have stolen and put into their warehouse yes. with no urge they just they crack it open the money starts <laughs> flowing out and they're all just like yeah this is great got the fan print from the girl's bikini yes there's no urgency that okay maybe we need to like pack this money up and get the hell out of here as soon as possible talking about they never want to leave Hobbs gave the 24 hours of like oh sweet we got 24 hours to really melt this basically also coming for you why are you giving them 20 if you're okay if you're gonna give them 24 hours why not just give them forever yeah, it's Why would you make your job harder in that vein? And maybe we find out in Fast 6. I've never seen any of the future Fast and nope. Furious movies. But. Fast 6 very clearly has a storyline. But, yes, there, it was hilarious. I've never seen guys with a heist entertain themselves more than this group in that warehouse. Yeah. All right, Dex, what's your, what's your first statement? Okay, uh, my first statement is I cannot picture a more unfit group to raise a child. <laughs> so let me be clear that I would probably risk being a fugitive if it meant I had to run away with Jordana Brewster to Brazil. I would, I might, I might take that risk. I might, I love yeah. Jordana Brewster and I love Mia Toretto. So I might, I might take the risk there, but in terms of what these people do and the lengths they go just to make their living, i.e. the job, we got one more job to do, which has always been the, the statement and the theme of all these movies and now all of a sudden, Mia, while they're running away and like at, going from a very terrible place to like the middle of a jungle, she goes, yeah, I'm pregnant. Like she just announces her pregnancy in kind of a yeah. hilarious fashion. And then, you know, to the point of Judd where they're like they're partying and Tyrese Gibson's character is like, uh, he's like, oh, my God, you're pregnant. And they're all jacked. They're all super excited for him. That poor child is going to have probably like the worst upbringing of all time. Not like and then, of course. Not even from the fact of like, because they'll, they'll have the money that's obviously stolen. I don't mean it from that thing, but just look at how these people live. These are the worst groups of people to possibly raise a little baby. It would not it's work. It's funny because Paul, Paul Walker's reaction was something, you know, classic Paul Walker, like, are I'm you not, serious? I'm not going you know? anywhere. That's what yeah, he said. Go, go, he sticks his tongue down her throat yeah. and then says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Of course, this is like just days before a $100 million heist of... One of the biggest drug lords in the world, apparently. It's pretty funny. All right, my uh, my first statement is, I love the way these movies flip who you're supposed to root for. Th- this is, I mean, this is one of the better anti-hero franchises in cinematic history, I think. And I was trying to make a list of some of my other favorite anti-hero movies, where like the cops show up and you're mad. You're like, no, get the cops out of here. I want the bad guy to keep doing what he's doing. You're basically rooting against the cops in these movies. Wolf of Wall Street falls in that category for me, where you're just kind of like, oh, man, hopefully hope, hopefully Leo can, like, crawl back into his home before the cops show up, right? Uh, Catch Me If You Can, another Leo DiCaprio anti-hero Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. It's great. Scarface, you're just like, oh, light him up. Yeah, light him up. So I just I think it's it's such an intriguing concept that you're rooting for the bad guy. These questionable, like Declan said, dark human beings and you're rooting for them to get one over on the police officers but then the cops are corrupt too now and then they just wind up joining the yeah yeah and then (laughs) but but what's great is is like uh the the rocks character 
who is this like, you know, law and order. I got to take you in. And then he's like, if we're going to get the son of a bitch, I'll help you. All right. Yeah. All right. Shotgun Toretto. Uh, I mean, it's outstanding. All right. So a lot of this film itself, like clearly makes zero sense. So I'm not even going to pick on, on that. Cause I think when you sit down to watch it, that's like a buy-in. Right. But my next statement actually involves one character through the franchise until his real life tragic death. Paul Walker's character and what he get and what he can do makes no sense. He's he's a tall, <laughs> lanky guy, right? But but like Vin Diesel is the you know he he's beats people up and he's huge, right? Mm-hmm. And like the rest of the cast that they use, like you know uh what the the one character can open the safe tyrese gibson is strong but doesn't kick as much ass as paul walker paul walker never loses a fight and like he is as strong seemingly as vin diesel's character and it makes no sense so like his character throughout this but he's got he's a trained fighter though right he he has a he's a street right right, but i'm just saying he wouldn't win as many like like he wins fights clearly i just think it's funny that like he he and Vin are basically unbeatable, and I gotta think that that character might lose a fight or two. I did have a note I was looking at previous notes. I think from the fourth installment of Fast and the Furious, and one of my notes was that Paul Walker has some of the toughest skin of anyone. The way that he gets pummeled in some of these movies, or gets in car wrecks, or whatever it is, like he's he's always unscathed. It seems like yes, not a drop of blood coming out of his nostril. And that's actually right. another thing too. Just a side street. There was a couple scenes here. I noticed is this is this a rated R movie or is it PG thirteen? Because there's no blood in this movie. Guys are getting shot up, and there's dead bodies laying all over Brazil, and you don't see like pools of blood or blood splattering. I think they've done a of uh, an intentional job of trying to limit the gore in these movies, despite how many people actually die. It's a good question. That is good and blown up. You're right. <laughs> and Brian O'Connor to Judd's point. I counted this. He had three of them. Loves a Superman punch. Loves the oh. jump, the jump punch. I counted three of them in that the first Marcus chase Polino? scene. Yes, he loves the Superman punch, the Roman Reigns. I'm going to jump up and punch you type of type of hit, which I find hilarious. Oh, he's part of the he's part of the tribe. Part of the tribe. Oh, good call, Phil. PG thirteen. Is you it PG thirteen? It, it struck me because it's like there's so much death and there's there's violence and there should be more gore, but they don't swear a lot. And they don't bleed a lot. So there smart move. Of, it's another calculated move to get this thing up to a half billion dollars at the box office. Make it available to 13-year-olds, right? Six is the same way. PG-13. There Fast you go. Furious 6. Okay. Back to death. All right. My next statement. I love how it took one hour and 20 minutes, because I paused it when I noticed this part, for Dom Toretto to not be wearing a black sleeveless shirt or a black V-neck. <laughs> he loves like if, if if we should honestly do a write that down every part of this movie all the all, in all of these movies Dom Toretto was either wearing a black sleeveless shirt or like a very medium black v-neck yeah. always throughout this entire movie whether he's racing cars or beating people up those are his two looks and then also with this chain on hopefully the scene where they kind of, which is actually genius of them, they're like, this is Brazil, where they lead the cops, obviously, to Brazil, and they put the guns on them. Ludacris's character puts the tracker on the cop car. He's now wearing a white wife beater. 
It took okay. one hour and 20 minutes for Dom Toretto to actually change up his classic wardrobe into the, you know, the next option for Dom, which is a classic white white beater, which I found You know hilarious. what, though? You know why he does that? He's the Steve Jobs of car thieves and of street racing. He wants to wake up in the morning. Steve Jobs wants to wake up in the morning, and I my, my only mental bandwidth I want to devote to building technology. I don't want to think about what I'm going to wear. I don't want to put any extra mental energy into I'm going to wear black turtlenecks and T-shirts. If I'm Dom Toretto, I just want to think about heists and winning money in car races. Just give me a tight black T-shirt, maybe a white one once in a while. I don't want to think about it in the morning. He's an innovator. That's how I look at it. I like it. Okay, my next statement is, I'm pretty sure this is the movie where non-wrestling fans I, were introduced to The Rock. Yeah. He's been like so he was in the Mummy Return. His first ever movie was The Mummy Returns, like ten years earlier, and that was a that was a big box office movie too. But it was he was he was like a a barbarian type character. He didn't have like a personality or anything. And then he was in like fifteen other movies, The Game Plan or whatever, and The Tooth Fairy and. Bunch uh, of other random stuff. Walk tall, like yeah, there walking was the, tall. Yeah, there was yeah. a couple of those random. I don't movies. think The Rock was great in this one in particular. Oh, you shut your mouth! Yeah, when I, you're talking. What you I, I don't think he was great. What What's the one that we did that where he San Andreas? San Andreas. San Andreas. Andreas. There's yeah. a. I think he's really good in that one. And that wasn't San Andreas was like a few years later. Well, yeah. compared to this, I I just felt like there was something about this one, and and it makes sense if he and Vin. I blame uh, the writers. I blame the writers. I blame other. the director. Yeah, it, it feels like his role wasn't what it should have been. He maybe he should know his role and shut his, his mouth. mouth yeah. is, what, is what Judd's saying. I'm just I'm just saying that it felt like his role was very complimentary, and he's the Rock, and I would well, like yeah, well, more. He, but that's the thing. That's so. This is that's kind of my point, which is if you were a wrestling fan in the '90s, like myself, or Declan came along in the early 2000s, I started becoming a fan of the Rock in 1997 as a wrestling fan, and yeah. And then he became, so at this point I had known the rock and his personality and his physique and everything for like a decade and a half. But if you didn't watch attitude era wrestling movies and you didn't watch the tooth fairy, this was probably your first introduction. And he wasn't, he was, he was headlining smaller movies. He was not headlining half billion dollar at the box office movies at this point, this movie. In fact, if you look at this little three-year run for the rock. Yeah. So he does fast five. Then he then he launches his own production company, Seven Bucks Production, which eventually became like now his production company pretty much produces all the movies he makes. And then he headlined WrestleMania in Miami in front of like eighty thousand people, including Ol' Macadac, all in like a three year stretch. Yeah, and then and then and Fast Six came along. Yeah. So this is where he burst on the scene as a as a mainstream superstar. I think, if my recollection is correct, this seems like uh, yeah, where he he kind of blasted off if you will right like the, the, he was he was he had shed some of the wwe narrative but people mostly just knew him still for wrestling i think this is the first one where he literally was like oh no this is a legit hollywood actor guy who loves you know is his, is his acting questionable degree fine like he's not no leo perfect but uh but i think he finally shed he finally shed some of the like the narrative of of those wrestlers that that are that are trying to be naked in yeah. Hollywood. And I thought he did. This it isn't well. Hulk Hogan in No Holds Barred, yeah. which, by the Thunder way, Lips. I thought about putting that in here. We should do it. It's not <laughs> Thunder Lips. Controversial take: Dwayne Johnson would be a better Dom Toretto. 
than Vin Diesel. Wow. If you, you know, had cast him in that role originally, he would be a better Dom. Interesting. So, I don't know. I disagree. I think uh, with him as Luke Hobbs and the way he barks at his henchman, Phil, it like literally reminded me of him cutting a promo. Like, you're going to do this and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Like, the way he's his cadence and the way he talks, it literally reminds me of him cutting a promo in wrestling. So, Fast Five, the one thing that, that among the things that, that Phil read that is not brought up that we saw is it became much more of a buddy comedy, though. So, like, you got you got a lot more, like, fun. Again, PG-13, right? Mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson is better at that, in my opinion, than Vin. The mm. buddy comedy. Dwayne, but- Dwayne is definitely a more natural entertainer than yes. Vin. And, and by the way, I think Vin, This is there's a whole street here to go down. Uh-huh. But That's what part, we do I think here. part of the angst between Vin and The Rock is that Vin, by this point, was a household name megastar. And The Rock has kind of come in since and eclipsed him yep. times 10 in terms of, like, world popularity and yep. net worth and everything. And so I think there's a little bit of alpha tension between the two of those guys and that Vin doesn't want to give up his spot as the alpha of this franchise, but, like, right. The Rock is the alpha of Hollywood. Yes. So there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. And it's also, like, I feel like The Rock, he's one of the only stars, and maybe it's coming down the pipeline, but... The guy has been in the public spotlight for almost 30 years, played football at Miami in the early 90s, and then was one of the biggest superstars in wrestling, and then Hollywood and production. He's never had a scandal. Hell, his ex-wife, Danny Garcia, is now running his businesses. Yeah, they're like... It's like friends with his ex-wife, yeah, they're even. Like they're cordial and stuff, yeah. So he's he's this... It's It's kind of crazy that he's gone through his whole career... And there's been really no dust-ups. There's been no arrests. There's been no controversies, no court cases, He's nothing. Perfect. He's the perfect human. For for now, anyways, until something <laughs> comes out you, about him. I, I think his sense of comedic timing for a film like this beats Vin. But Vin has to be it now. So, and yeah, anyway. I, I mean, I, I agree that The Rock is a brighter star than Vin Diesel. Yeah, and and you you didn't see it as much in this movie, but I'm guessing you probably see it going forward a little bit more. Right. Okay. All right. My next statement is this: among all of the blood and gore and death in this film, the one thing that I was glad was that their friend Vince finally died. I can't <laughs> stand that guy. Guys, an he, ass. he's an ass, and he's not a great character. Like like he doesn't. It's just like, first of all, his character was supposedly trying to sell the chip back which would basically undermine the entire thing, right? And then, like, a- after he does one thing to help um, to help uh, um, Toretta's sister, then it's like, oh, you're part of the family again. Welcome back. And then yeah. they finally kill him. And even his death is unremarkable. Like, he just gets in the car and he's been shot and then you know he dies. He and it's, it's just a boring scene. He's Randy Dobnak. You know, you, you, you if you're going to go from one place to another and get to the yeah. next level as a franchise, you can't have Randy Dobnak starting Game Three at Yankee Stadium anymore. Like you just got to, you got to, you got to. I don't want to say kill him off because. You <laughs> but know, his I'm, death was boring but, too. It's like he's on the slab. It's like okay, yeah. you know, now it's personal or something. Like there was nothing about that character that I cared about, and I'm glad he died. Yeah, well, that's part of the challenge of this movie was how do we blend old characters with yep. new characters. How do we take characters that were part of different 
Fast and the Furious movies even right. and put them into a mixing pot? Like, how do we get everyone together in an Ocean's Eleven sort of way and carry some forward and get rid of others? Yeah. And then and make the franchise something that it hasn't been so far. And, you know, Vince was, again, Vince was, hey, he helped you get to the playoffs, helped you get to the box office, but he's not needed for Fast 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And, and so and you had to Brian's send him down to AAA. And, outrage towards towards Vince is so boring too uh, it's, like, but it's like yeah. he wants to fight him constantly Brian got like, treated like crap by Vince in yeah. the first couple movies and you no, know, I know and he got his and he got the girl that Vince always wanted so like there's naturally always gonna be that bravado of like haha yeah bleeper I got her and you didn't I might have been tempted to kill Vince off camera and that dude see you later bye you mean he's, you wouldn't even had him in the movie is that what you're yeah, saying I, I would yeah. just he got killed Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I think it was he was a good pawn for where they needed to go. Okay, Dex. So we we just briefly talked about it there, and, and we mentioned in our productions note. But yeah, this movie is this is the Ocean's Eleven of Fast Five. That's what I had that written down throughout the middle of the movie, and even what really like kind of solidified it for me. Not just the callbacks and the reintroduction of the characters like Vince or Gibson uh, or even Gal Gadot, but for me, what really like screamed Ocean's Eleven moment was the bathroom scene. Where they explode oh. that bath, which is oh like, the septic. Oh, that guy God, got out of so there good. too, just like like oh like whoops, I got I guess my pants. No one... I would be puking. I would be I just just <laughs> yeah. put me out right there. If I if I like Declan, we can just kill you. I'd be like yeah, just kill me. I don't want to ever live with this for the rest of my life. <laughs> that moment alone, how they cut the wall out, they put the sensor in there like that. I was like I was like this is Ocean's Eleven. I've never, I never really, I kind of was triggering towards there, towards the, the beginning of the movie with all the people coming back in. But that bathroom scene alone, I was like, oh, this is car racing. And there's the fun race, you know, before the end of the movie. And then obviously the ending with, with the safe in the back. But really, this is just a heist. This is just a heist with all the, all the gang getting back together. They're confident in their plan, just like Ocean's Eleven is too. It's, it's Ocean's Eleven with fast cars. That's what it is. It is. That's what it is. You could have even said that in the like the the Rotten Tomatoes summary of this movie could have been Ocean's Eleven with fast cars and the Rock Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Basically. How does that bathroom though basically blow up and the cop just runs out like Declan said? He would have gotten shot oh, in that, the that, air that, or that, something, uh, and and it, it would have been a cool scene. That's how you want to know how old Macadac felt in his old Seattle townhouse when he put a nail through a septic pipe. Oh, and gross. the septic water started squirting down his arm as he held his thumb oh. in the hole, trying to figure out what his next move was. Oh, it was kind of like that scene. I love those two, too, by the way. Those, those two guys, Hector and uh, I forget the other guy's name. But th- yeah. those, those guys are just great comic relief throughout the entire... Like, 
let's be honest, they are they one hundred percent Monaco, right? Yeah, <laughs> like they're, they're just kind of goofballs, but they're, but they're needed. They're needed. I like. Yeah, it. you need guys like that. I have one more okay. for now. Just and it kind of Judd kind of brought it up already, but of all of the unrealistic things in this movie, the beginning of the yes. movie. It seems, and maybe we're talking about the same thing, but it seems like a really unsafe way to stop the bus. Dude. Okay, so you're trying to get you're trying to get Dom out of this oh. prisoner bus, right? Oh. And so yeah. your strategy is we're all there, and they're, they they got to all be driving like 75, 80 miles an hour minimum on some desert road. And so their strategy is let's derail the bus and flip it a hundred times going 75, 80 miles an hour and just cross our fingers that Dom lives through the crash. (laughs) And no one else. We've got them all except for Dom. Like how does Dom not have 15 broken bones and facial lacerations? My first note in my note section was opening scene. I don't know which is less believable. The fact Brian is able to flip over the bus with next to no damage to his car, it looked like. I mean, his car was probably, you know, banged up. But it didn't look like his car got, you know, crumbled. Or the fact they say in the news report, no one was killed. No one was yeah. killed in that bus flipping over a hundred times? <laughs> what? They're all Same. caught, man. They're all caught. Well, how, how about the train? The train heist. Yeah, the train yeah. heist was awesome. You hook up to a train, and the train doesn't, like, no, like, like it took those... They've got the DEA on board, right? Because they're concerned. Yeah, they're the all DEA just, uh, they're guys, drinking champagne, and the <laughs> guys don't notice anything. Like you've just would you? But would you? Train. You wouldn't feel it, would you? It's a train. That, like you're rolling. You're you're rolling on tracks at 100 miles an hour. Or whatever. I think, you're going. Condu- I think somebody would feel something. Yeah, Are there know. side view mirrors that you can look at? Well, you'd be. Oh. But I mean, they they literally smacked the and, and then they're sawing through it. I mean, I gotta think something would alert you. <laughs> Brian's but anyway, yeah, this entire film, if you start to question it, yeah. it's no fun. So I just like bought in. I said, screw it. I'm I'm just going to buy in. I've just never seen so many people party in a warehouse in which they stay the entire time and for the most part never get caught. Yeah, yeah. Brian's face when they're going off that ridge with the car after the train heist is like, oh, crap. You know, like it's classic, like Keanu and and um, Paul Walker face of oh man, and he's just like he's ready for it too. I love how ready he is for this jump. scene. Yeah, and they jump, and that that special effect was not good. No, like you can see the cars are like against a a, a blue screen, mm-hmm. yeah. and like they're like rolling like like that. That was one where I might have said, boys, it's two thousand what eleven or thirteen at the time. I don't think the public, I don't think they're going to buy this part. I think we need to do something different besides jump the cars into a canyon. Maybe, so the $125 million budget, maybe they were running up around $124 million and they were like, ah, let's just... Uh, let's go to a Hollywood so studio. Yeah. Green screen this thing, not blue screen. Are you guys ready for the definitive villain rating here? Is there anything, else, any other quick statements you want to get off your chest? A uh, quick yeah. one for me was I love the callbacks to the previous ones too where, you know, we hungry... Tyree's character says, we hungry. He says that to him and mm. too fast, too furious, too. Uh, you're still saying grace, still a buster. There's a bunch of little subtle quotes in this movie that are like, oh, like they, I remember they triggered my brain of, oh, that's it. Had to, ma- had the to first make a one, call. Second one, the fourth one. Like there's a bunch yeah. of those little connectors. Yeah, they might subtly miss, but I, I love that. I thought that was really cool. All right, so uh, with these action movies, we have two different ranking categories on a 1 to 10 scale. The definitive villain rating with the criteria being how iconic, ruthless, and charismatic is the villain. 
So we'll start there. All right, so here's my question for you guys. Is Reyes the villain? Yeah. Or is Hobbs the villain? It's Reyes. probably Reyes, right? It's, it's Reyes. Hobbs but... is one of the anti-heroes. He's, he's and they the... help, and he helps out at the end. Yeah, it's yeah. Reyes for sure. So Reyes is the villain here, and uh, so we rebooted Action Movie Rewind, and we will, on that podcast feed, I'm going to try and post everything from the old version to the new version. Everything we've done, I'll put it on that podcast feed. But okay. in the new rebooted version, the only villain to get a 10 score from all three of us was Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. That's great. And the next few are Caster Troy from Face Off, Dom Toretto from the original Fast and the Furious before he became an antihero, yep. the aliens from Independence Day, Chong Lee from Bloodsport, Surfer Bodie from Point Break. At the bottom of the list are uh, the British car-loving gangster from Gone in 60 Seconds, Arturo Braga from Fast 4, and Senator Trent from Hard to Kill are the worst villains that we've done. So yep. on a 1 to 10 scale, how would you rate... Reyes from Fast Five. Exactly the same as Arturo what's his face from Fast Four. Exactly. The, yeah. the main the the bad guy is inconsequential. He's always a moron who thinks he's smart. You know, they're getting away with my money. Kill them now. You know, it's just like the the franchise is so successful that you can have this stereotypical stupid character and it still works. So I do not give him the to me. The villain, if he hadn't even been in the film, he'd be like, okay, but it's still the, uh, it's still Fast Five. So anyway, same exact score for me. So, uh, so, well, it was a three point three. So you want it to be a, oh, three, a three or a three. a three? Okay, a three. I just don't care. Yeah, it's because I'm, I'm doing math here. So. It's okay. amazing how uh, incompetent some of these like bad guys are in these movies. Where it's like, is this Reyes character really even needed? You know, like he, right. I mean, he is because they're they're trying to steal his money for sure. Um, but yeah. like he does nothing. I love his death. He gets just, you know, that the hood of that car just gets whoop, like rammed right mm. off. That was kind of cool. But oh, in terms man. of in terms of his impact in the film, he's he's a three. He's a three out of ten. The rock just shoots him. I actually went lower than you guys. I went I went two. It's just for all the reasons you said. He's just he's just he's there as just a a pawn on a chessboard for all the other characters. You you have to have a villain of some kind. Yep. You don't want the villain to outshine. Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, The Rock, and so he just—he's just a mechanism for those guys to get their stuff in, to get their moves in, to get their, to get their lines in, and everything. So that means uh, it's a two point seven composite ranking, which makes it the second uh, worst or least noteworthy villain that we've done in the reboot here. All right, so uh, now we get to let me uh, mark this down. Okay, two point seven. Okay, entertainment value, just one to ten scale. How entertained were you watching this movie? The top five action movies we've reviewed on this scale are Con Air, a 9.7, Top Gun Maverick, Independence Day, Fast and the Furious, and Top Gun the Original, followed by Air Force One and Face Off. Those all were an eight or better. The worst movies we've done in the reboot are Days of Thunder, Gone in 60 Seconds, Fast and Furious 4, and Hard to Kill. Judd, this was a little bit long, but it was fun. Um, I, I'm going to give it a seven point five. Okay, okay, it was fun. I really enjoyed this film. I had never seen it either. Um, I love the callbacks. I love the kind of new twist on the franchise from it just going to a bunch of random street races to actually more of a heist and the Ocean's Eleven vibe. I'm going to give this a nine. 
This wow. is a nine out of ten mm. for me. I I thoroughly enjoyed Ooh. myself uh, throughout this entire film, and when I saw the runtime, classic. I think my Zolgadian sports dad's rubbing off. I was like, ah, two ten. Oh, this is going to be a thing. Lengthy. Uh, lengthy. Even when I saw, because I originally pu- pulled up TBS to watch this, but then there was baked in ads. So then I was like, all right, let me use my other methods and figure out how I can watch this with ad That's free. What I and uh, and and I loved it. I thought it was a it was a nine out of ten for me. I enjoyed it. I hate to be Buzz Killington here, boys, but it's a six for me. Six? I was for all the buildup. It's been ten years of buildup for me listening to people rave about this movie. This is the best of the franchise. It's the, like The Rock is one of my favorite entertainment characters and i just uh i actually like the original car racing premise of this franchise better than this there are better heist movies out there there are better heist franchises in terms of like action franchises you know give me rocky give me indiana jones give me um, oh no not not for me do get and even even like indiana jones no give me born give me bond give me mission impossible it's fine it's entertaining I thought after a 10-year buildup, I was a little underwhelmed by Fast Five. Hmm. In 10 years. I have never seen a Bourne film. Oh, my God. Really? Mm-mm, never. I, don't, I almost don't know if they'd be good for action movie rewatch. Yeah, they're too good. they're very... I've never seen a like Bourne film. They're really good and tactical. They're not, like, funny. There's no themes. But you should... You, I think you would really enjoy at least well, the Matt first Damon. couple. Big hmm? Damon fan. I, I said I'm a big... <laughs> Damon fan, a little Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. A little Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt um, Nas Reed. So uh, that gives it a 7.5. Fast Five okay. is a 7.5. It sits right between Point Break and Twister in our rankings. It's smack dab in the you middle. You down a little bit. I did. I apologize. Yeah. People can hammer me in the Twi- comment section if they want to. It kicks Twister's ass, I will say that. I don't know about that. Twister's a great one. Twister's hilariously funny, but again, that was um, special effects, very 1996. So the next action movie we're going to do is Bullet Train in a few weeks from now, but next week's movie rewind is Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, Rom-com God. rewind. Oh, Crazy Stupid Love. Seen it twice. Oh, Great it's, film. It's so I've seen good. it about a hundred times. I don't know. Uh, I've seen it twice, and I think within the last probably like year and a half, I've even watched it twice, but it, it is an all-time great one. I can't it's going to score very well. I can tell you that right now. Should be plenty of fodder here, so. All right, there it is. The Mackie and Judd movie review franchise is back for the summer here. So, yeah, let us know what you think in the YouTube comment section, and we will give you a heads up when we launch that podcast feed so you can go and binge any of these that you haven't been able to consume in the past three or four years. So thank you for hanging out with us. That's Action Movie Rewind. 